There's a computer company, which now is fairly popular, but 25 years ago was starting to struggle in popularity as other companies became the majority companies. And so they, they put out an ad campaign that I can still remember that was Think Different. And by this, they, they wanted you to know that even though you were maybe using something that was different from everybody else, if you had their machine with its little fruit logo on it, you maybe were different, but that was a good thing to stand out from everyone around you. Of course, now, ironically, you don't really get very different if you have that fruit logo on your machine because they have the majority share of the market of smartphones in the United States and they're a fairly popular, well-liked company. But standing out sometimes can be hard, being made to be different from others. What makes us as Christians different from the world? Well, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount started telling his disciples as they gathered to hear him that they were made by God to stand out, to be different from this world. That God had made them his own and as his own, they were to think different, act different, and live different lives. And today as we continue our series looking at the messages of the Sermon on the Mount, we see once again how it's reflected in the words of the Old Testament. And we'll see how true Jesus' messages, his words to us, ring out in the Exodus event and also throughout our lives and on to eternity. We look at God's word in Exodus chapter 19. <clears throat> Here we see how God had done everything. He had changed everything for the people of Israel. They were once slaves in Egypt and just a few months before our reading in Exodus 19, they, we read, were treated harshly by the Egyptians and lived a, a horrible existence until God brought them out. And God changed everything for them. He says to them, this, as he speaks through Moses, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob. What are you to tell the people of Israel? You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on wings, eagle's wings, and brought you to myself. Note firstly that the people of Israel were completely helpless as they were enslaved in Egypt. And God says all they could do is stand back and watch what God had done. He says, you have seen what I did. And that's true. They saw, they could only observe how God tore down the Egyptians, how God carried them like on wings of an eagle, and how God brought them to himself. God had done it all for them. With the, the plagues finally culminating with the plague of darkness and the death of the firstborn, he brought Egypt low. And as the people pressed through the Red the Sea, the Egyptian army was crushed by the Lord. And then as the people wandered in the wilderness... They found God gave them everything when they wanted something to drink and cried out to the Lord, I'm thirsty like a small child. God brought water out of the rock and made the bitter water sweet. And when they hungered, he gave them food to eat. And like a, a parent giving his child a nightlight, they had the pillar of fire by night and the cloud to guide them by day. You could say you could basically say the people of Israel were like an indulged child receiving everything they could possibly ask for from their God. And they saw it all. And so God says to them 
as he enters into a covenant with them. Now, if you fully obey and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So God's saying to them, not only did I make you rescued from the the people of Egypt, I I brought you to be my own, to be a special people. He calls them here a, a treasured possession. What other nation in the world can say that? That God identified them to be his special possession other than the children of Israel. The nation of Israel would have God's word to guide them. They would have God's presence to be with them. They would have everything privileged to know how to approach God. They would have the house of the Lord and the designs, the establishment of the priesthood and everything. They would be a treasured possession of God. And more than that, he says, even though I could have chosen any nation, I chose you to be a kingdom and priest and a holy nation. To be a kingdom of priests meant that the nation of Israel was going to serve God on behalf of the world. You know, God could have just appeared to every world, every part of the world, and every nation in the world, but no, he chose to make Israel his priest before the world. That is, Israel would represent God and his message to the world. And if anyone wanted to approach God and his word, it would be through the nation of Israel as a priest. And Israel as a priest could approach God's presence in his house. Israel could, could turn to God for guidance in his word. Israel could have priests serving in the temple. And a holy nation. God set apart Israel from the world to be his own holy people. Now, maybe at this point, some might think about the history of the nation of Israel and you might object and say, what makes them so special? What makes them so different from the rest of this world? In fact, you'd you'd be right. And God even emphasizes that. He says, all nations are mine. I'm just choosing you in grace. In fact, as we reflect on how Israel responded, they didn't deserve to be God's special possession. We might say that's not fair. And it wasn't because when Israel was brought by God out of Egypt, remember what they did? Like a spoiled child, they complained, if only we were back in Egypt where we had all this food to eat. And when things went bad, they cried out like a spoiled child, I'm thirsty. And when God finally did give them water, they complained then later, I'm hungry. And God gave them food and they complained and grumbled against him. And the nation of Israel soon even turned against Moses as they wondered because things weren't going the way they expected and said, is the Lord among us or not? Ought not have God looked on them, this so-called treasured possession, and said, They were like an indulged child, a spoiled child who deserved none of it. That'd be true. Israel was very much like the rest of this world. They complained. They grumbled. They even turned directly against God, even after he had done so much. But then again, what about us? Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He doesn't say become. He doesn't say, I'm going to make you into or make yourself. All we could do is stand back and look at how God, as Peter says, made us to be a chosen people, his treasured possession. 
God did this for us in Christ as he rescued us. You see, we were too enslaved by sin. We were dead and helpless. But God rescued us and brought us out of that slavery of sin, gave us freedom and forgiveness to be his own people. And as his own people, God made us to live under him in his kingdom, free with fellowship with our God. And yet, couldn't the world look at Christians? Couldn't they look at you and all the Christian church and say, How's that fair? What makes you so different? What makes you so special that God would choose you to be his own? Once again, we'd have to say, although the whole earth is God's, you're right. We don't deserve to be his treasured possession. Though he's made us, brought us to be his own, haven't we, like Israel, at times not lived according to what we should, as God's own people. We see it in various ways. Maybe the complaints are small. Maybe at times when things get bad in our life, we might turn against men and say, is God with us or not? And as they turn against Moses, sometimes we turn against the spiritual leaders in our lives. And we find these words that God gave, where he says, you will be for me a holy nation, could not possibly depend on our holiness. In fact, later on, Israel would fail this covenant. Notice God said, if you fully keep my covenant, then you will be my treasured possession. Is that the case with us? If we obey him, then we will be his possession? How does that make you feel? Are you good enough? Could you be? That's why Jesus came to this world. What we read earlier in Matthew 5, he said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because Israel could not keep God's decrees and could not be that holy nation, because we could not live according to God's decrees and his commands and could not be a holy people, Jesus came to keep God's covenant. He came to fulfill what we could not And Jesus, the treasured, holy Son of God, came to this world to live in perfect righteousness, to fulfill that law, and to carry off of us the burden and weight of our sin. So he could tell you, not you are going to become, or you should be the light of the world, but you are God's chosen people by grace. And by grace, you now are his own and belong to him. Because the same Jesus who died rose again and promised that you are forgiven and you do belong to him as his ransomed people. You're different from the world. And you're not different because of what you do. You're different because of what Christ has done. Kind of like what Israel had to do. God says, you yourself have seen what I have done. You've seen in his word what he has done to make you his own, how he rescued you from slavery, how he brought you to himself. And now he says on the Sermon on the Mount, now, since you are the light of the world, since you do belong to your God, live as your God's, live as his child. Be who you are, made to be God's own, be the salt of the earth. Be the light of the world. And that, no, that doesn't involve 
putting a little fruit logo wherever you go. But it does involve making known that message. And perhaps if there was a logo, it would be the cross, the empty tomb, the one who brought you to himself. The picture here he gives the children of Israel is, I carried you on my wings. Christ carried us. And by his death and resurrection, we belong to him. And by that message of the cross, which we carry before this world, we stand out different from the world because of what Christ has done and what our God has done to rescue us. And now as his own, maybe we will complain at times. Maybe we will not live such a holy life. But when the world says, what makes you so different? Let them see that message, that branding, that logo of the cross and of Christ and how he carried you to himself so that you can live as his own. And we see how the words given to the people of Israel now are fulfilled in Christ, that you are different. The words which will ring out for the rest of time. You are different because God has made you to be his different and made you to be his own, to live as his own. Amen.